Host Andy Wood and Matt Kirshen. Gonna sit so, all the way over there, huh? Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let we'll flank our guests. Excellent, excellent. How's how's it going, guys? Thank you so much for joining us. This is um, this is a bit of an experiment. This is the first time we've properly done this show live, and there's loads of you here, and we're pretty sure it's only because of the show and nothing to do with our guests. Yep. They're I'm big pretty fans sure, of the podcast. Pretty sure you're all fans of Probably Science and just, you know, you're like, who's on? I don't even know. I don't even know who the guests are. Doesn't matter. We're just we're coming because we're huge Probably Science fans. Listen, for those it's, of you who don't know what, uh, what the show is. Why uh, even? They all know. They They're all know. All, but obviously. I'm just thinking, you know, you might tell a couple of other people who don't. Most people in the world now listen to our show. But, <laughs> but maybe someone's just bought a recording device for the first time. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone's been born between the previous episodes and this one. So they haven't yet had a chance to listen to the show. They're still in the maternity ward. But, uh, but so for you infant listeners, here's what our show is. Myself and Andy are both comedians, but before we did comedy, we, we had a vague science background. Um, I did a degree in mathematics. Andy did uh, engineering and worked as an engineer for a while. Um, kind of. Kind of. Kind of, kind of yeah, worked yeah. as an engineer for a while. We still like science. We don't necessarily know our stuff. But we find stories that we think are cool, and we invite comedy people on to riff about them and to mess around. So that's that's what our show is, that's and is. you guys are an audience, so laugh, uh, <laughs> you know, react, and and be engaging as an audience. We normally do this in Andy's back garden, where the audience is just a very old dog and his weird housemate, uh, <laughs> who both sometimes walk past looking for food. Yeah. Both of them. For, former um, soap opera actor, now career alcoholic. Yes. Roommate who lives in the pool house. It's a bizarre setup there. It is a curious house. Uh, so thank you guys so, so much for coming. Um, we've moved from one curious house to another weird uh, we're, venue. We're in the Mount Tabor Lounge. For the listeners, uh, this is the 2013 Bridgetown Comedy Festival, the this, sixth year of it. This is which Andy Wood is a director um, of the festival. So thank you, Andy, for every single show that's here. <laughs> thank you to all of you for coming and all the... All the staff and volunteers who made it happen. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, I think we should just get, get the first of our why guests not? on we here. Why, why not? Um, I'm so excited. Uh, this is someone I, uh, I've liked as a British comedy fan and person for a, quite some time. He's made a lot of my favorite comedy things or be, and been in a lot more. Would you please Wait, give... Let's give... Let's give a couple of the things let's that give he's some been of the things. for yeah, listeners. Why not? Well. Uh, One of the co-creators of Look Around You, BBC's Look Around You. You know him from, uh, from Shaun of the yeah! Dead. From space. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the voice of Darth Maul. No joke. He was the voice of Darth Maul you in Star Wars much episode more one. Than that. It's pretty please welcome the remarkably talented uh, Peter Serafinowicz. Peter Serafinowicz. Come on down. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. This is a... Uh, this is a big thrill. You came uh, all the way over from London for this festival. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I came all the way over from London from <laughs> this festival. I'm so tired. <laughs> oh my god, my my internal body clock feels like it's 1921. <laughs> <laughs> Which most people from Britain do feel mostly anyway. That's. <laughs> oh yeah, you god. got you in my head. It's all. <laughs> um. Yeah, hello. So we, we always ask our guests, even though they're never from a uh, science background, they're always comedians, but you know, you never know what someone might have studied at some point. So what, if any, is your background in the sciences? Is my background? Uh, well, you know, I did this show, Look Around You, Woo! Yeah! And uh, which is like, a, it's, a, it's a fake science show. It's like a fake uh, 1970s educational, I guess here you had like film, film strip shows when you were kids that were terrifying and made you think oh my god adult life is hell i don't want to grow up this looks like such a bleak world you know if, and, um, if you haven't seen it yet by the way like just do it just if you listen to the podcast at home and you haven't yet watched look around you please just stop look at it and then return to us because it's one us. of it's now pretty much all been put up on youtube by various people yeah i'm not sure 
legally or not, but whatever it is. <laughs> we've, like, it, we've made millions on this <laughs> show. Millions. Huge but, cash cow. But it is just one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. It's oh, hilarious. Thanks, man. It's ridiculously you. funny. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you had to, wa- you presume we had to watch a lot of the real versions of those shows yeah. to get the feel right for that one. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. We watched, we watched a lot of them. We used to sort of, we used to have a little smoke and watch these things from the safety of our adulthood and not the <laughs> sort of terror of our childhood. Looking at this, these things about, uh, you know, they would wheel us into the, into the dining room of the, of the school and wheel this big old telly in. It's always with, the TV on wheels that school, TV you can on only wheels. get in the school. Like. Uh, and it had wooden doors <laughs> and they'd open the doors and you'd be like, Oh wow, we're going to watch TV in school. This is so amazing. And then this thing would come on. It would be a clock and it would count down. And then this voice would go, today we will be looking at mass spectrometry. And you're like, what the fuck is this? I'm seven. You know. Um, well, they managed to replace dull teachers with an even duller teacher on TV. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I think in like the 70s and 80s, they didn't, certainly in Britain, they, they didn't realize that to enter, educate kids, you have to entertain them as well. They just, and they, there's zero entertainment value at all. Nobody from the <laughs> watching it or making it, anyone involved in the production derived any enjoyment from <laughs> it whatsoever. Or any knowledge. They were just too, they, they, they were just fucking terrible. Anyway, but that's my background. But I, but I, I, I do like, um, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of science. I read a lot about science and, uh, you know, and, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all we can that's ask. It. That's all, really that's all we that. want. Like, like cursory remembrance of, of classroom film strips and uh, yeah. love of science currently. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. And I, and I'm a big, uh, also I'm a big, uh, fan of like, uh, James Randi and the whole, uh, James Randi foundation just, and just the whole. Skeptic. And yeah. the, James, Thanks. James Randy, everybody, James <laughs> yeah. Randy. If you don't know who he is, Google him. He's, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's literally the amazing Randy. Uh, he's a, he's a magician, but he, uh, he, he's, he's like the arch skeptic. He's the sort of the, he- the figurehead of the skeptic movie. Yeah. He, he's the one who put up the prize for, um, I think it's a million dollars now for anyone who can demonstrate any paranormal or psychic or. Yeah. Like any, any, like anyone who can prove that horoscopes or spoon bending or mind reading or, or psychics or anything like that works, you could win a million dollars. So yeah, he, he laid down that challenge. If, if, if you do any of that within controlled cir- uh, circumstances, then, yeah. you know, like, like science is, you know, like right, right. you have to test it and retest it and, you know. Setting up something like that, that's, that's such a tourist thing to do. It is. He is, he is a typical a, Taurus. Yeah, yeah. Stubborn, stubborn people. Stubborn. Uh, you know, I, 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 I went out, I, I went out with a girl once and she is a typical cancer. She's malignant. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible joke. It's a horrible joke. It's horrible. Oh, perfect joke. Um, Point, should we bring on our, should we bring on our other guests? I guess we should. Maybe you guys heard we have we have two guests today. This is a very special episode for us and for you as I well. I thought I was the only guest. <laughs> How? Well, this is uh, this was a normally late normally we have two guests in an empty chair. However, <laughs> but, um, this is a late addition to the lineup for Bridgetown. Uh, we're very pleased to have him. Um, a comedy legend. He he oh. uh, had I believe fourteen different Showtime one hour specials. Uh, one of the biggest. We, we may have time. to we may have to milk out this intro for a second is though because I'm getting a sign that okay, he's okay. uh he's going to be he's here though. Smoking is outside. Okay, okay. Getting a signal that either indicates that. Someone's winding something up. My or next okay. guest has <laughs> a long career. Stretch, stretch. Um, but also, he is, uh, um, I believe he's just staging a comeback right now. I saw him um, do a three-hour set at the Ventura Comedy Festival last year that was incredible. Um, is he back in the room yet? Perfect. He's here. Hey. Would you... The one and only Gallagher. Thank you, Gallagher. It's Gallagher. <laughs> I was outside doing some chemical research. Right. <laughs> Gallagher, are you having a good time at the festival? Yes, I've been out on the sidewalk. Yeah? 
sidewalks. Pressing the flesh. I like the, the sidewalk because you can talk. You can't talk in the room when the comedians are on because they're talking about what they want to talk about, and I don't want to be impolite, so I've been on the sidewalk. Just holding court, just having little. I'm audiences. available for shy people <laughs> who notice that I stand there a while and then come up. That's you great. So, guys, just shy know. people deserve a right to meet me also. He puts his pants on one leg at a time, guys. He's a real person. You can approach him. I am not a real person. <laughs> I am from a neighboring planet, mm -hmm. and I'm here to observe human behavior. I will then be picked up and okay. taken back and asked to explain what is going on here on this planet because from a flying saucer it does not appear logical no. so or what, what, even what, safe what would your thesis be when you get home first of all i would tell them that for some reason the humans put immovable objects next to the road where they drive these are called telephone poles but to the uninitiated from another planet this is pretty stupid to evenly place opportunities to commit suicide where would you where would you suggest that telephone poles could have better been put when telephone lines were first That's introduced? That's not a good way of thinking. Okay. <laughs> okay. I apologize. We have no other place for these poles, so we're going to put them here where people can hit them. How many people die hitting a telephone pole? Nobody says, "Boy, we better get rid of the telephone poles." But one guy gets hit by a shot by a gun. We got to get rid of the guns. Get rid of the damn telephone poles. But, but the telephone That's poles logic, you guys. I do can't. have other purposes other than killing people. Uh, I mean, no, no one's held up no, a bank with a telephone pole. No, there. <laughs> I recently, I recently read a biography. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go out on the sidewalk. <laughs> That's what I did when you came on. <laughs> I'm Peter, by the way. Hello. Hello, Peter. The handshake has been denied at home. Stop it. We're on the we're on the radio. They don't know we're about sort handshake. Of on the radio. Can I can well, I, can, can I, I <laughs> am I allowed to No 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 no. Now Gallagher, I wanted to have you on in particular um, because you actually have a legitimate background in the sciences. That's you right. Have a degree in chemical engineering. That's right. People I might know not what know I'm that talking about, you. about. What did you did you study <laughs> Did you pursue that field after you graduated or was that just a degree and then you moved on from there? Since the Internet makes information available to everyone, we can all get smart by just staying on the Internet and reading. The Internet was invented for that. We could also all get incredibly stupid by doing exactly that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Get Smart is available on DVD. I think they, I think they, uh, they reissued it. It's not on Netflix. I checked, honestly. This is why I didn't shake hands with you. I wasn't sure you were my friend, and now I'm convinced. <laughs> You've made light of my background and my qualifications. One time when I was at the con... I don't, I don't see it that way. I'm not sure the audience does either. I don't care. Okay. We're on your side. No, I want to know more about You're your science background. not on my side. Of course we are. No, seriously. Uh, one so time studied... I was at the Consumer Electronics Show, which okay. is what I do as I go to see how mankind has advanced technologically to report to the flying saucer friends I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I was standing in the Sharp booth, Sharp Electronics, and so a lot of the vice Ouch. presidents, you don't have to comment on everything I do. I, no, I know. I, it's just when I think of something funny, I will. <laughs> This isn't about humor. This is about science. Oh, okay. It's a little bit of both. It is a comedy festival. Okay, <laughs> a little bit of little both. <laughs> Not 50% of both. <laughs> okay. Just keep it to a 49 okay. over here. That everything's going to well, be Well, let good. me ask you the question that I asked the president of Sharp Electronics as he made the mistake of walking up while I was taking pictures with his minions, his vice presidents. And I asked him, what is carrying the signal to your cell phone, an electron or a photon? Let me ask you. Well, I, I I do know how uh, wireless signals work. And is that wireless signal an electron or a photon? They're actually microscopic wires. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I understand it, anyway. <laughs> you can't see them. 
But they're there. It is important that we understand what we are being involved in. Say you put your cell phone up to your head and there's a hole going straight to your brain. What is the risk here for brain cancer? Or are you just a guinea pig that will use any technology not understanding it? I'm a human. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's your suggestion? You're, are you against cell phones? I'm I'm for people understanding and having some knowledge and not laughing because they lack the knowledge. Ha ha! I'm stupid. Do you uh, do you not use are a cell you, phone? Is he the interviewer? We're no, just no, having a good we, time. We're just having a chat between all of us. But uh, but do, do you use do you use cell phones or do you avoid them? What carries the cell phone? Signal to your phone, an electron or a photon? I'm, I'm guessing from the way you're phrasing the you're question. You're guessing! He's gonna guess! And we're on a science uh, it's show. Probably it's science. electromagnetic radiation. It, well, is that an electron or a photon? It's a photon and or a wave, depending on how it's viewed. I'm here alone. <laughs> it's a, it's, but it's not, it's not an electron. It's a, it's a photon. It's, why do they call it the electromagnetic spectrum if it's not electro? It's a, it's both an electromagnetic wave and it's a photon. That's, that's what I vaguely remember to be uh, wave-particle duality. Everything can be seen as both a wave or as a particle. Uh, so it's a bit of both, technically. Is it, is it a crouton? <laughs> oh, my thinking of something different. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Gallagher, you you were phrasing this question, I think, because you wanted to inform us. So what what is what is the answer that you wanted to let us know about? Our former vice president now claims to not only have invented the internet, but to have invented the formulas underlying the internet. That's why they're called algorithms. Algorithms. <laughs> Are we still are we still under the fifty percent line with that? How about are we keeping it? Go on. What? It's a good joke. Isn't it? It's a good joke. Yeah, I always thought algorithms were the videos of him dancing on YouTube. <laughs> I think this is a good as good a time as any to get into a science news story. Yeah. Which is what we what we like to do once we've gotten to know let's, our let's, guests. Let's go for a sort of a, li a little light story first, and it's a story about chocolate uh, and chemists specifically. I found a way to halve the fat of chocolates. Uh, make chocolate with half the fat. By cutting it in half. Exactly that. Oh, <laughs> you, you read it already? <laughs> yeah. um, they, uh, here's the thing. They found, they've tried various different ways, but they don't, it doesn't taste as good because of what's described as the mouthfeel, which is kind of what it sounds like. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah, know why I've been I started trying to explain about mouthfeel, actually. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, 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 it's something I know about. <laughs> Mr. Photons. No, I do. I, I, yeah. It's about how the the fat transfers the flavor around your uh, of the of the crouton crouton. <laughs> um, oh, we're friends again. Great. <laughs> so this this report at the American Chemical Society meeting described a method using um, the popular gelling agent agar to make tiny sponges that displace fat. Ah, agar's in the news a lot. Do you know anything about agar? All I remember is that's the thing when when they're growing bacteria or whatever in the little in the little uh, vials dishes. in the little yeah in the little petri dishes. Why did you want to have a podcast about something you understand vaguely? Uh, <laughs> so we can find more about it. That's exactly why we did it. Oh, you've cut to the very heart of our show. Oh, that's why that's why it's called probably science well, we'll rather than. <laughs> Will scientists be calling in and informing us? They they can't call in, but we do we do on a semi regular basis have real proper scientists who email. By the way, if you're listening to this, email probablyscience at gmail dot com, or you can tweet us at probablyscience with any corrections or comments or clarifications. We do have people who are real scientists who listen Why to our show. Why are you getting a lot about your electron photon thing? We will be get ready. <laughs> I hope so. I hope. I hope. Let's get, we're going to be duality. getting a drubbing online for this one. Let's get let's get a full explanation, and we'll we'll send it out. Do you know why the stars are visible at night? Because there isn't the light from the sun stopping you from being able to see them. But why would the light be able to come hundreds of millions of years to to your eye? W why would it? Yeah. 
Wouldn't it have friction and slow down and finally just quit like this guy? There's a... Hang on, wait, 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 wait. Are you pointing to me? Yeah. I don't think I don't think Peter's. Peter's I didn't doing quit. Quitting. I'm not quitting. No, I'm not. I, I'm well, where were you? I said like two things without you buttoning in. <laughs> do you know why when you take a girl outside and you're looking at the stars, do you explain to her why the light is able to go a hundred million years and and why it travels to yeah, my eyes without any it, friction? It's because I've got beautiful eyes. It's because. <laughs> It's because light as a photon has no weight, so it can't have friction, and it doesn't have a duality. It's a whole damn wave. You're trying to answer things that are half of this and half of that. You're trying to be a spoon fork. You're trying to be... <laughs> I wish I was useful. This is what a politician does. They try to say yes and no at the same time. That's why we have a half of a black guy for a president. Oh, my God. Because oh we didn't think we wanted a whole black guy. We'll say, well, we'll just try a half. Did, did That's we... why people have a Cadillac truck, because they didn't want to make a full commitment to a truck. And they're really sissy, so they wanted to have a sissy truck. So you, so you think I, I it would think... have been a bolder move to have a 100% black man as president? <laughs> I think it's safe to say this is the first podcast that has made an analogy between particle wave duality and America's first interracial president. <laughs> <laughs> I also made a co connection to spoon forks and people who wear socks and sandals. It's all the same thing. Like so we were saying, this new chocolate <laughs> tastes just like chocolate with all the fat in it. Wow, okay. So it's just kind of a spoon fork piece of chocolate. It's not really chocolate, well, it's just kind of... It, so are you saying that Obama is half agar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, okay. okay. He's um, a Petri dish. We're experimenting with having a black guy. Okay. America uh, doesn't make a full commitment to anything. You're not really a suspect. You're a person of interest. <laughs> Sorry. Well, what do they think I've done? <laughs> they think you've taken all the croutons. <laughs> so... What's your next story after this wonderful chocolate one? Well, this oh, this story is not even fully done. So, you so know, chocolate is grown where they grow coffee and cocaine. It's all the same kind of plant. Is it? Yeah. Co coca. Cocoa, cocaine, coca. and coffee. Coca. Cocaine. Coffee. Of those three, which would you like to have? Which I'd like a coffee. Actually, could I have a coffee? <laughs> Seriously, do they have a, like a really strong black coffee? That'd be great. Throw in some half and half just to keep with the whole. <laughs> okay. Sorry for the comedy. Uh, Sorry. Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, so have a latte. Just make kind of a half of a commitment. <laughs> That's what Obama is. He's a latte. I feel like we shouldn't even discuss chocolate now. I think we should just move on. I now thought we be... weren't discussing chocolate. We have a chocolate president. <laughs> I think I think this is maybe the story that we should. What? Um, uh, if anyone's interested in the end of the story, by the way, that agar can hold other stuff, including alcohol, so you can have boozy chocolate. Next story. Next story. Uh, <laughs> Next story. Uh, the picture-winged fly may... May quench its thirst on sperm. I know this isn't the story we should be covering, but it was in the science headlines this week. It so was all important. If it's it's in all science. important. It's what all is important. Picture wing fly quenches his thirst on sperm. Well, Take guys, it away. we've all Take done it, it at one time, <laughs> or, one another. time or another. We've all done it. This is a fly. Uh, the name, I'm not sure I'll pronounce correctly. Uh, Euchesta bilimeki. E. bilimeki flies. Um, they're, they're located in a dry climate and regularly faced with deadly thirst, but they have an unusual solution. They regularly eat sperm from the males of their species. Uh, it has little nutritional value, but does contain plenty of water. So this is an actual survival mechanism. Um, it's one, it's, uh, this fly is a member of the group of picture-winged flies, a family that gets its name from the markings on its, on its wings. And uh, they're active year-round. The males are constantly harassing females for sex, displaying their wings to try to draw attention to themselves. 
Uh, but a successful copulation doesn't guarantee that the male has succeeded in passing on his genes because uh, oftentimes the female pops the ejaculate right back out and then proceeds to eat it. Where are the comic possibilities <laughs> in that? <laughs> we just want to get into some science, guys. <laughs> we're, we're, we're curious people. Here is a coffee as well. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. And actually a cup of half and half. Thank you very much. Oh, it's, uh, it's fly sperm. <laughs> now, what's more interesting to me about this, this uh, story is that they did some studies to determine if this had any nutritional value. And the way that they carried it out, um, they, they, let's see, they, had, they put the males and females in an enclosure <laughs> together. Does this involve masturbating insects? <laughs> I hope it does. <laughs> Well, they started off like all good experiments. It happened by accident originally. And uh, <laughs> it was just so one of these accidental scientific discoveries. Someone was tweezering off uh, fly dicks. And, uh, but discovered really, in the process. They put females in a range of diets, allowed them to mate, and then monitored the effect of eating the ejaculate. And uh, only females deprived of both food and water benefited from the sperm drink, living longer than those on the same starvation diet, but without access to sperm. Um, and uh, the way they gave the women no access to sperm, they're putting them in an enclosure. The women. women. The women. <laughs> women fly. A little generous. The females are put in an enclosure with male is flies. This, is this David Cronenberg? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the setup of the experiment. They put them in an enclosure with male flies who have had their genitals tweezered off. That's what the article right, says. Okay. <laughs> So whether or not the flies had access to ejaculate made no difference if they were well-nourished or well-watered flies, suggesting it's the fluid in the sperm that's beneficial. If you guys are wondering, that's the benefits. What, what is most impressive to me is just like the, the level of hand-eye coordination needed to successfully tweeze a, a fly's genitals. fly genitals. I didn't think during a downturn we had money for this kind of research. I'm amazed this was funded. Oh, no, it wasn't no, funded. No, but, but flies have their own economy. In there. It was all... <laughs> it, was all uh... it was a self-funded study. Yeah. Yeah, this is someone... This is just bedroom science, I think. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and uh... Just... Uh... Gallagher, you, you don't have any opinion on this? I think it was a dumb number two story. <laughs> I'm waiting for number three. Go for it, Matt. Do you, do you, should we should we move on to another story? Yeah. Uh, nobody has any takes on this, certainly. I don't know. I, I I've got I've, I've got a friend who works in a fly lab. Uh, I don't know. I don't think she's specifically a fly genital tweezerer. It's probably a pretty rare subset of the fly scientists, but yeah, I'm a. So you say to her when she drops by the house, "Shall I get you a drink of water, or do you want me to come in your mouth?" <laughs> I mean, yes, I say that, but now, <laughs> now I have scientific evidence to back it up. Now, <laughs> and then do you ask her if she knows why the stars shine? I tend to do that before the coming in the mouth bit. Uh, You're so I'm romantic. romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt, do you have something else for Should us? we do earthquakes? Let's move on to the Certainly. little geology story here. Um, I, 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 I'd never experienced a proper earthquake before I moved to California, which uh, I, it's kind of fun. Like, it's fun until That's it gets to, like, past ones. the Killy level. But, yeah. like, but, like, before you get to the Killy stage, it's like everything wobbles and it's cool. Um, that's what it says in the article. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, but big earthquakes apparently uh, can cause other quakes as far away um, as the other side of the world, at least 9% of the time. They've done a new statistical analysis. Um, led to debate about whether big quakes can trigger damaging tremors elsewhere and the mechanism that could allow it to happen. Uh, there was a spate of huge earthquakes recently in Sumatra, Indonesia, Chile, uh, Japan. Um, and they, they survey catalogues of seismic activity on every continent except Antarctica, going back to 1979. Over the period, there were 260 earthquakes in magnitude 7 or greater. 24 were followed by small earthquakes on separate fault systems as the seismic waves passed through distant lands. So it's a small hazard, but there's a risk. So these, they didn't think this happened previously, but now it turns out big earthquakes on one side of the world. The seismic waves take a while to travel completely through the Earth uh, and then can set other mini ones off completely 
on other continents and other plates. Is this actionable information? Is there anything we can do now? If, if something happens across the globe, uh, we should evacuate in some If an earthquake goes location. off on the other side of the world from you, maybe, you know, take your ornaments off the shelf for an afternoon. Yeah. That's a perfect solution. Have either of you lived through an earthquake? Oh, I lived in California. I've been through a lot of them. Yeah. How bad? What was the worst one that you experienced? Well, like he says, it's fun. The earth wobbles. Yeah, like I think until you're like next to one of the ones where whole buildings are collapsing, uh, all that happens is car alarms go off and pets go weird. Yeah. In fact, the only time I've experienced one was here in Portland back in 2006, and I was sitting on my bed talking to my roommate. My bed started to shake. Nothing else seemed to. But the fact that it could have been an earthquake was so far from our minds. We were both looking around to see if the dog, we assumed that the dog was around, scratching itself, making the bed. Sh it was like the most surreal thing because nothing else seemed to move but the bed. Cool story, huh, guys? Um, yeah, that's all right. Uh, the, uh, the Just one more thing to be depressed about in <laughs> Portland. <laughs> Do you think it's a depressing place, Geller? Of course. <laughs> Ooh, just because of, of the course. weather or what? I've been watching the comedians when I'm not out on the sidewalk, and what gets the best laugh is any reference to depression. It just kills here. <laughs> well, isn't that sort of what the point of comedy is, in a way, is, is for us to all collectively come to terms with the things in life that are that Yeah, are but I go all around us? the United States, and they're not uh, that pleased with depression as they are <laughs> here maybe they're just like swallowing it down normally black comedians talk about the difference between black people and white people but this comedian stopped and did something about depression it was different i don't think it was me no i was just <laughs> pointing at me we all I look am the same pointing at you okay no right. i realize gallagher what's what's your take on the purpose of comedy what do you what do you think uh, is the reason people gravitate towards it well what you do is you find out what people care a lot about and then you stomp on it metaphorically or with like a sledgehammer with uh, <laughs> is it isn't that the definition of vandalism <laughs> I think we're all descendants from one of those Viking tribes, yeah. like the Vandals. They yeah. came over to England, and they raped everybody, but only the women had babies. <laughs> Eric yeah. the Red. Have you ever seen girls with red hair over there in England, where you're from? I have seen girls with well, red hair. Well, their parents had been great, great, great grandparents. Somehow had been raped by Eric the Red. That's where the red comes from. I don't think it was all just that one guy. Yeah. yeah. Why Why wouldn't the guy in charge want to rape all the girls? If you were in charge, wouldn't you say, stop it, I'm raping all these girls? I mean, I probably... Well, wait a minute, I'm asking the wrong guy. <laughs> if you were Eric the Red and your tribe came ashore in England, wouldn't you want to rape all the girls? I'd probably ask if, first. If, <clears throat> if, if, if they just came ashore, I think they probably wouldn't be in the mood for raping. That's a calm joke. Came, calm. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Go away. I still want to get back to this whole... I know his name is Eric V. Red, but I don't think the definite article implies that that's the only person who was red. He's, he could be Eric A. Red. I no, think I think more it was one red uh, <laughs> at the time. He wasn't the only one, and that caused all redheadedness from there on out. I'm pretty he sure. He must have been a pretty red guy. Or he was just... <laughs> He was, Purely red. He was like ginger head, and he was always embarrassed. About <laughs> and if he, he figures if he rapes enough, everyone else kind of looks more like him. And it's well, the reason I mention it is that America was settled by English people who were dissatisfied with what was going on in England at the time. All the people that, you know, didn't mind it stayed. They were lazy. But the ones that came, I think, are descendants from the Eric the Red people. They were really Vikings, wanderers. And saw uh, red hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they came over here looking for freedom, religious freedom, to uh, grow dope. <laughs> they just made the mistake of landing in Boston. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Boston, but no. they're not growing dope there. They're not growing dope. No dope. No. You never got a baggie and the dealer said, this is some good shit from Boston. <laughs> from Boston, right. Some Boston kush. Well, actually, our next story does does slightly dovetail in with Eric the Red. It has to do with red squirrels, um, <laughs> who is also they are also descendants from Eric the Red. Right. I mean, he got he got around. He wasn't picky when it came to species. I think there was a rat on board the Viking boat, and it raped the squirrels. Possibly, possibly. Uh, anyhow, oh. so the study. We're, we're like back in romantic territory, everybody. <laughs> 
I don't think that much about rape. I <laughs> well, if well, you were if if you are a red squirrel that is raped, um, your offspring would have a better chance of of surviving and flourishing in the womb if the female who is pregnant um, is subjected to stress. Is what the results of this study show. Stress can be a good thing for red squirrel offspring, which is counterintuitive. Uh, but this is a study done by Michigan State University and the University of Guelph. Michigan State, really? Nice. Now, are you going to say this is also not federally funded and this is just some people having fun? Well, it's Canadians and uh, Michigan State. I'm not sure. I think, I think this was probably funded by their, their respective universities. Uh, but they, they studied how these red squirrels um, prepare their offspring for life outside the nest. And the results confirm that uh, squirrel mothers with boosted stress hormone levels um, increase the size and chances of survival of their pups. And the way they, the way they uh, controlled for this is by simulating a stressful environment when these red squirrels were pregnant by, um, let's see. Shocking them. They did. They had what? recordings. Eric the Red. They had recordings of <laughs> <laughs> Eric the Red raping their friends, and that's a stressful thing. Um, they had recordings of uh, the sound of many squirrels around them, uh, making them feel like they're in a high, <laughs> high squirrel density population area. <laughs> And this produced stress hormones in the pregnant female squirrels. And those with the stress hormones had uh, their, their offspring were born larger and more healthy. And this is independent of food availability. So even with less food, if they were stressed out during pregnancy by these fake sounds of lots of squirrel rape do they, going on. Did, did they just get Disney to make a, like an X-rated version of Alvin and the Chipmunks? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that's how it works. Just to stress them out. Well, since I'm 66 and I can't remember anything, I'm wondering about old squirrels that have buried food and can't remember where the hell it is. I think that's the kind of study they need to do, whether or not old squirrels die, not because they don't have the food, because they can't remember where the hell they hid it. Squirrel I think th dementia should be I think the next these, study. these days they have little nut detectors <laughs> that beep when they detect, you know, hazelnuts or... Croutons. Croutons. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's probably how they do it, I think. Yeah. Um, this, this, is, this is sort of uh, near and dear to my heart because I am ridiculously stressed out this weekend with the festival. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm hoping I'm not pregnant. Uh, but if so, it's good to know that whatever I might produce would be more viable than if I hadn't been stressed out. But this is, this, yeah, this is a, this does have, and ask your early question, this, if this is federal funded, if this is state funded, it has very immediate benefits from, like, if, if you're, if your wife is pregnant, stress her out, and your kids will be more healthy. Apparently so. Oh, yes, play the sound of many squirrels <laughs> hovering around her constantly, and your baby will be more healthy. It'll be giant. It'll be giant. Have giant babies. I don't know if we've got any parents in the room right now, or even any pregnant women. Free advice but from probably science. Free advice, yeah. Any, any of our pregnant listeners, uh, get, get your squirrel recordings out. You probably, it's probably, you probably have to just record like one or two squirrels and then loop them. That's the secret. There's no reason to hire a bunch of squirrels. No, you can you just do it all in post. Yeah. Just get it's like easy. maybe three squirrels and then record them many times and then layer that track and then play it to your pregnant wife. Let's just so, keep this going. How are you, man? <laughs> I was thinking if I was a girl and I was going to get fake boobs, I'd get them put on my back and then guys would want to dance with me. <laughs> I was thinking that. It's it's a reasonable yeah, it's a reasonable idea. Don't you agree, Peter? Pardon? <laughs> uh dorsal breast implants. D dorsal, dorsal breast implants. Take it. I'd uh <clears throat> I, I I I think what might be a future fashion accessory would be like uh uh a, a belly implant for women who want to look like they're pregnant, but they're actually not. It's a fashion. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great joke, Pete. Sorry, I'm so isn't that tired. what they, isn't that what so they claim tired. Beyonce did? That Beyonce might have had a surrogate and then had a fake belly because one time no, she was on a talk show really? and sat down and it caved inward as if it was like an inflatable. No, that's, that's, that's the rumor. But it's all really? from one picture of her bending over. So, uh, what, what, does will James Randi provide some kind of? reward if people can prove or disprove Beyonce's pregnancy? Beyonce, any reasonable doubt. Beyonce. <laughs> oh, good. I got a laugh. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. I loved it. That Thanks, was excellent. Man. Thanks, excellent. man. <laughs> Very good. Excellent joke. Gallagher, I, still, I feel, feel like we still haven't gotten to the bottom of, of, 
of your science background. I actually am genuinely. <clears throat> I know because I'm actually uh, changing the face of the earth with my ideas. I've been talking to government officials about putting a dam across Lower California to the Mexican border and trapping all of the water from the Colorado River, so rich in fertilizer that drains off of all these farms, you know. In the future, we're going to need more fresh water and more arable land, and we don't need that area there at the top of uh, the Bay of California. Whales just wallow in it, and there's those devil fish. We don't need any of that. We need more. See, if we had that as a fertile plain, the Mexicans wouldn't have to come up into the San Joaquin Valley. We just keep the Mexicans there. That would solve immigration. We'd let the drug dealers raise the almonds and the avocados that the, we need from there, and that would solve the drug problem. I have a comprehensive... Uh, I thought you just said we're cutting off the water at the border so it doesn't get to Mexico. No, I'm going to use that water. to. If you look at a map, you can see that what I'm saying is just so simple to see. that a small. There's actually islands so halfway down. Put the dam right there. And then just save all of the fresh water and let the Mexicans stay home and raise our <laughs> avocados and almonds. And I, I, uh, I, Do you like Mexicans? Well, we've got enough. We have enough. I ran for What's governor one of California. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's. That's more terrifying than what was just... I know. Well, they it's, think... It's the, the guy in the sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> When when you say Mexicans, do you mean the Mexicans that I see on TV that are tall and pretty and handsome, or the little short ones that come to the door and want to work in the backyard? Wow. <laughs> if you watch Mexican or Spanish television, there are no short people. How it's your not TV? me. It's that culture. So you can, you're you're you're. Your immigration policy would be based upon. I, I would on the, height. The we have enough on short ones. Uh, okay. So they'd be like one of those, like at the beginning of a theme park ride, just <laughs> thing that they have to at walk customs. past. <laughs> yes. What are you? What are your views on uh, eugenics? You know, that is so different than what I would think you'd ask me. I mean, it's just <laughs> Okay, so well, I odd. asked you. So odd. Um, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm only reflecting what I see. And there are no short people with a TV show on Spanish television, which tells me their culture is prejudicial, not ours. But we don't get any tall American people. American TV only has, like, attractive people on right. TV. Yeah, how's that different from our TV and movies? There. And also, Candy Crawley, you think is attractive? I don't know who, don't know that, know who is. that is. Well, then, <laughs> are you, you, say, are you, are you serious, it? though, about this, the, this whole short Mexican thing? You, <clears throat> well, you of course. Want, I want those. They, I mean, we're, there really, are two are cultures. Is that a down. joke, or is that no, are you it's serious? The, there's two, well, I'm making an observation that there are two cultures in Mexico, the tall Spanish immigrants that came over from Spain and then the descendants of the Indians who want to cut your heart out and show it to the sun god. Um, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about tall genes versus small genes. It's obvious that the cultures don't mix in Mexico. Otherwise, they wouldn't come up here for opportunity. So you're saying that the, that the taller people in Mexico are treated well, so they want to stay in Mexico. They own the media. There are no short people on Mexican television. But you, you describe them as short, fat, ugly Mexican people who turn up at your door. No, I didn't say they were short and ugly. I said they well, No, hang on. Well, listen, we're recording this, aren't we? <laughs> Let's play it we back. We can go to the That's tape. Let me said. make sure this is still recording. That's what you said. It's just another spoon fork. It's people that are in our country that aren't really citizens. Can they put their kids in the schools? Can they use the hospitals? Can they go back after a year? It's just another area of gray that America loves, where we don't actually you, have to have a definition or an answer. You talked like about how America would people who came over anyway. Right. Like America, or at least the white America, is a country of immigrants. Yes. But now... You I'm saying that the immigrants from Mexico, Honduras, and, and San Salvador are all the same. Short. Under 5'2". 
They're all so under what's, five. What's two. your point, though? I'm not sure. What's what the, your point? What's your fucking point, man? My point is that ours. We are. You asked me if we have enough Mexicans, and I said we have enough short ones. They already are fifty percent. How can you be uh, worried about a minority if they're in the majority? Relax. You're in the minority so now. So what if they're short? I don't. Where do you live? Where do, Where do you I live? live? I live in London. I'm well, six then you four. don't get to talk about American I get politics. To, do you know what? Okay, I, I live in politics. I get to talk about whatever the fuck I want. Actually, I can talk about <laughs> anything. You don't have to agree with it. I can talk about anything. And I just think what you're saying is sounds fucking racist. No, it has to do. It well, sure there does. are. I'm there, sorry, it does. It sounds well, there fucking are racist, ra- man. It, there are races in Mexico. There's the uh, Aztec, the Incas, and the Europeans. Yeah, Spanish. but then wanting one to come into the country and one not to is the, pretty much the definition of racist. But this is what we have. There are no tall immigrants. You never. They never find a beautiful. I don't, I don't think that was your point. Yeah, that I, wasn't your point, man. That wasn't your point. You know. And look, and uh, you know, I'm not going to be all like PC and like and racism and stuff. And everyone's racist to a little degree, and no matter how sort of PC you are, you know. But personally, I can't stand white people. But um, <laughs> well, certain white people. And um, but yeah, I, I you know I don't like what you were saying there about Mexican people, you know? Well, freedom of speech exists in America, not in England, because you guys had a king. Dude, we came over I, here dude, I, I, Listen, man, you say what you want, and you can say whatever you want, and, uh, but, and, and I... Well, I then will... why don't you let me say it? Why are you giving me your opinion? Well, no, he's Actually, entitled... We were letting you say a lot, I think. We, we're still not quite sure what the point was. My point that. is, scientifically, I've done an experiment, and I know that the only the short people come to America and the tall ones stay there and have successful television shows. I No, I think your point was you don't like a certain type of Mexican people. That's what your point was, I think. I'm not sure there's anything more to be said on this topic. Is it safe to move on to Supernovas? supernovae is that the plural matt i don't even know i'm not Uh, sure how you well if you were if you were a politically correct liberal why wouldn't you be outraged when you watch spanish television and notice that there were no (laughs) short people descendants of aztecs or incas that had a comedy show or any other kind of novella I ran for governor of California on, on the plank that we sing the national anthem in Spanish. I wanted to welcome them. Puede usted ver? You just said you wanted to create a moat between America and Mexico. I was pointing out that their their culture is prejudicial. That I don't know. There's nothing more to be done with this. I don't think. Let's move on to Supernova. So you talked about light from the stars and, and how it reaches you and why it isn't stopped along because the way. Because a wave it has no weight. F equals MA. If there's no mass, then the acceleration doesn't count either. And that's why the stars are visible at night, because they're not a wave duality. They're just a total wave. And answering with a shade of gray isn't the answer. You have to absolutely be absolute. There's nothing absolute in America but vodka. <laughs> uh, do you well, know, how do you explain? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say I can demonstrate a total wave. <laughs> has is England been very welcome of the Arab uh, people? That oh God, no, there? you guys, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I, I can't. We can't keep this part of the... What do the English people this. think of their <laughs> Arab immigrants? That, Or the French, where the Arabs are burning the cars because the French won't allow them into their society. Because of the science, right? Something science-related, please? <laughs> For <Is> there, whatever. <laughs> is there some I don't know. connection we to should something? Just get, we should That's, just not get into this, really, Yes, Matt. Know? So anyhow, uh, so light does travel to us from light years away from stars. What is comedy, Gallagher? It's where you take something people care about and step on it. No, that so was your definition I did of comedy. step on it. What good is freedom of speech if you never say anything controversial? What good is science if you're not willing to look at evidence and come to a decision, not based on your prejudice or what you think might be sitting next to you, but what you think 
between your own ears, yourself. And that's what I'm saying. The evidence is right there on television. There are no short people. <laughs> Let's say comedy. If you are a short comedian, if you want to be a comedian in Mexico, you have to come to America because there's no opportunity in Mexico. This is the most specific conspiracy theory I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. I'm reporting all of this to the flying saucer people. <laughs> I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that for a second. At the end of your life, when when you go back to your home planet, I feel like the first thing on your agenda is going to be like the uh, height discrepancy in Mexico for some reason <laughs> of all the things that have happened in human history. You know, there are signs around here that say how much it costs if you hit a road worker. 15,000 or seven years, right? I just want to tell you, I've been all around America, and this is some of the cheapest. <laughs> the road workers in the Northwest are worth the least. Not as much as it'll cost you in New Jersey, I'm just telling you. <laughs> if they don't want to get hit, they shouldn't wear the same color as the cones. <laughs> I think they also don't want you to hit the cones. That's why they're also that color. It's the bright orange that jumps out at you. Don't hit me. These are just observations. <laughs> I would argue you have a problem with drunk driving. You know the problem? What's the problem? That the bars are next to the road. Right. If you can pull in and park, you're bound to be drunk when you drive away. They should put a lake around the bar, <laughs> and you have to walk on a balance beam to get out to the bar. <laughs> Then the whole time you're drinking, you're saying, damn, I got to go back on that balance beam. <laughs> That's actually the best idea I've heard in this podcast so far. <laughs> I think everyone in the room can get behind that and not feel dirty about clapping for that proposal. Unless, wait, was that the water we stole from the Mexicans? That's in that lake? <laughs> Freedoms can't be bounded. <laughs> You have freedom. A freedom means it's absolute. You can't decide ahead of time whether it's politically correct or not and turn your head off. Especially a scientist can't say, well, I have a preconceived idea of what my result's going to be. You have to look at something and judge it whether it makes a damn bit of sense or not. Girls shave their eyebrows off and paint them back in. That's stupid. <laughs> They paint their face one color that doesn't match their neck at all. It's stupid. Even if you mention it and don't get any pussy, it doesn't matter. It's stupid. You know, the, <coughs> your, the, your flying saucer friends. Yes. How tall are they? <laughs> Well, they're very tall, and it's a scandal on the planet because their short ones built the ship. <laughs> but the tall ones get to fly it. Asked and answered. Every, every president of Mexico that I remember has been over six feet tall. Is that weird or what? I think they don't vote. They just, everybody line up according to height, and the tallest one gets to be president. Hasn't the U.S. pretty much only elected tall guys with full heads of hair with there a, is a evidence few that exceptions? Taller yeah. people are more likely to be voted by in any country. Oh, 14% of the executives are get the corner office because they're tall. It should piss off women. You I got you. I, I was looking up your Wikipedia before the show, and you ran for the governor in the recall election of 2003. I started came it. In 16, I started correct? that craziness, and then 100 people... The uh, radio station got Gary Coleman to run, and then the topless dancer uh, Mary Carey ran. But I got 16th. I got third in some of the mountain counties next to Nevada where they grow dope. <laughs> Have you ever seen me on TV? I was stoned. <laughs> I don't exist as a straight person. You don't do drugs, do you? All the time. <laughs> I was trying to tell you, I don't exist as a straight... Well, you know my jokes. If your knees bent the other way, what would a chair look like? What makes Teflon stick to the pan? That's not coffee. (laughs) 
So supernovas. Supernovas. And, uh, Matt. Here's here's there's there's one supernova that's just been that's just been seen. It's just been measured. Uh, that's remarkably bright. It's a bit too bright, and researchers don't know why. Uh, this has taken the light's taken nine billion years to reach us from this supernova, because uh, it which is more than half the age of the universe. And at that distance, its apparent uh, glow implies that the supernova shone with the luminosity of a hundred billion suns at the source, uh, which is too much. They can't work out why why this is. There's there's a chance it's that's ten to a hundred times brighter than a normal supernova. By the way, uh, there's a possibility that it's because of gravitational lensing, or it's just some weird phenomenon that they've not seen. Gravitational lensing, by the way, is when some gravitational body, whether it's dark matter or something, uh, focuses the light so it doesn't disperse as much, so that you're getting more of the light from the supernova than you would otherwise get. It acts like a massive lens in the middle of the universe uh, because gravity if can bend light. Uh, so it might be due to that, or it might be some weird phenomenon that we haven't discovered yet. So if it is, in fact, the, would this be the largest supernova ever detected then? If, if uh, comfortably, by, by at least a factor of ten. Um, so this uh, astronomer Robert Quimby began to look into possible explanations himself. He's the guy who discovered this. Uh, he said, you always need some skepticism. Uh, he's based in uh, Tokyo, at the University of Tokyo. Um, he said, we really want to make sure we haven't missed anything. So they collected all the data uh, and tried to match the spectra to the different supernovas that they've already established, type 1a, type 2n. It doesn't say what those are. Uh, none of them match. So this could be this could be huge. This could be a super supernova. Super well, I think it is huge. It's definitely it's a hundred billion suns. So that's, yeah. that's that's a start. That's something. Peter, did you ever have a uh, a hobby kit a telescope growing up as a child? Did you? <sighs> I don't. I, I mean, I just I, I love being in places where I can see the the stars in the night sky. Mm-hmm. You don't see them a lot in London because of the, the street lights, you know. But I like to look up at the stars, the millions of stars, and think, wow. You're also famous. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking That's of my stars, stars joke. <laughs> How did you get involved with stars? Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we weren't kidding when we introduced you and, and mentioned your credit as the voice of Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode yeah. 1, Phantom Menace. How uh, did that come about? Uh, I auditioned for it and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and listen to that voice. How would you not hire that man? That's a beautiful... Oh, thanks very much. Thank you. I, honestly, I could listen to you talk. And all weekend, it's been a pleasure because no matter how tired you are, no matter how you, you're jet-lagged, it's always the same. You're a calming presence. Whenever I've run into you in a hallway... Oh, you're, thanks. You're never, you're well, never... thanks. Like Gallagher. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Oh, no, he's falling asleep. Oh, no. Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah, his calming presence is putting me to sleep. <laughs> By the way, we're we're very glad you, you were able to come to the festival this year. Uh, what I'm doing, let me tell you, you what I'm trying tonight? to do. I have a, you can go on US government uh, pto.gov uh, patent and trademark office and read my patent for new software for slot machines. I am trying to get the gaming industry to make their slot machines as engaging and fun as video games and the games that you can download onto your cell phone. So I have patented a whole new feel, a whole new rules to the game, because I think you can't bet on old people. What kind of a future is, is that? You've got to somehow interest the young people that are growing up now with phones and video games and, te- and you know, just plugged in. So how is the software different? What does it do that's different? Well, it? let me give you an idea. Five skateboarders are coming down the screen and then they go whoop up into the air and the last frame is whatever posture they're in and you're a winner if the if the picture matches if they're you know either in balance or out of balance and that way you get to watch something because you're sitting in front of a TV why would you show an old machine on a TV see it's it's a it's what I do see I come from another planet I look at what people are doing and I say Sure, you could get here logically step by step, but let's just step back and say, don't you have a television? Wouldn't it be more fun to play video here? It could be girls. You'll, you'll like this. Girls on, on stripper poles coming down, 
right? They either split or their top falls off or they land on a guy and give him a lap dance. You're a winner if it matches. In fact, the, the strip club could be called the slot machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I like the idea and it's admirable. You know, it's trying to get kids into gambling from a very early age. It's, uh, it's a very uh, noble cause. <laughs> I think you've gotten three hits while I've been sitting here. I think you have a man on third. You're about to score. <laughs> that was an excellent comment. But as long as people <laughs> Thank you. As long as people are going to gamble, I want them to have some entertainment value for what they're doing. You have to admit, slot machine software is not has not been innovating. It's stupid. There's the only area of technology that hasn't done anything. I have several patents anyway. I have a patent for a toilet that doesn't overflow when the kids put the toilet paper in there. I was saving water. Is this it just massive? No. <laughs> just, <laughs> just 20 times bigger than a normal toilet? No, it has a chamber on the side that the kids can't get to with a float inside. When the water goes up in the pot, it goes up in that chamber, and a rod turns the water off. It was rather uh, simple, but no one had done this. This is why I am here on this planet, is I do that which hasn't been done. I also How many patents do you have? Oh, I have five. I have a patent on solar-powered vending machines. No one had that. No one had it. It was like getting a domain name and waiting for somebody to discover it. So I showed it to Coca-Cola, and they've had it for about eight, nine months. I think they're pissed that they didn't have it and that a comedian beat them to it. I have a patent for a, a shower head that stops when you step back out of the water, thus saving water once again. And then when you... It's just an RF signal from the mat to the... I don't just make props. Right. right. I'm making the world a better place, more fun place. Uh, the lake idea and the shower that turns off, I'll stand by both of those. Uh, I've got a, a, a patent for a shower head that uh, you can turn it to a setting that says mince and minced beef comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so if you need to shower before you're preparing a meal, you know, you can do... Kill two birds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is the, is the minced meat coming out at high uh, pressure uh, or is uh, it like High pressure, slow? yeah. you got to be quick. <laughs> seems like it could be a little dangerous, but delicious at the same time. It's like, yeah, when you're, you know, brushing your teeth while showering, you could also be eating your morning meats. While, <laughs> your yeah. morning meats. Morning meats. Those are an important part of your daily diet. Um, we have I, one more story that I think would, would be near and dear. We, to we picked this. This is, not, this is not as topical. This is from last year, but, um, but I couldn't resist this story just because um, it relates to something that you made famous, uh, and it's... And it, um, some hackers, some tech heads, have uh, rigged up a headset that allows people to blow up watermelons using only their minds. So, this is uh, a hackerspace called Level One in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, the user wears an EEG headset to interpret his or her brainwaves. And those signals are transferred into wireless impulses, traveling on very small wires. Very small wires. And <laughs> sent to a carbon dioxide... Sent to a carbon dioxide cannon mounted at the bottom of the fruit. And once the user thinks hard enough, the signals fire off the cannon inside the watermelon. And boom, it starts raining seeds. Total ripoff of me. <laughs> Can you patent destroying a watermelon? Is that possible? No, I wanted to make the world a funner place. And so I showed them that people like to be splashed in entertainment. So now every amusement park in America has a splash ride. There are... Rock groups, Quar, Insane Clown Posse, uh, Blue Man Group, Shamu, never did shit before me. Didn't do nothing. Did because you just I'm not afraid to stand up and be different. This is what an American is. Are you claiming credit for the concept of splashing? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that's as good a note as any to wrap things up. Thank you so much to our guests, Peter Serafinovich and Splash Inventor Gallagher. Yay. <laughs> thank you all so much for being here. Peter, um, again, thank you so much for coming. Please do follow. Gallagher, do you have Twitter? Do you tweet? No. 
Okay, don't follow Gallagher on Twitter. <laughs> do follow Peter Serafinowicz because it's one of the funniest Twitter feeds around. And check out his stuff online. Uh, and if thank you want to listen to this podcast, go to probablyscience.com and you can subscribe. Yeah, and follow us and tw- and tweet us and comment and rate. Thank you so much, Gallagher. Thank you so much, Peter Thank you. Serafinowicz. Enjoy the rest of the festival, Portland. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just I just asked him for a picture and he said no. <laughs> Peter Serafinowicz got Come on, Gallagher. snubbed by Gallagher for a photo. snubbed. Is he really gone? Oh. Anyway, I think, look, someone took a picture of us together so I can remember this beautiful day. So <laughs> if anyone is taking a picture, could you, could you, uh. Just tweet it at. Yeah, Sarah tweet Finnewich. it at, at. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I'll be going out the back way then. All right, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you bye. so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>